Good day, good evening, good night, and welcome to our 163rd podcast. I don't have a name yet for this podcast, but I'm thinking it's going to be something labor cup related, as this is going to be the bulk of it. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, babbling with babes, uh, you know, being up on, you know, the, the lava labor cup. I don't know, but, you know, I'll come up with something witty and in- ingenious as always. Are you but sure it'll be witty? <laughs> oh, the shade. And Jane's back. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, ooh. Okay. All right. Well, I am nothing, but before I continue further, I am nothing without my co-host with the most And I'm going to introduce Janina first. Janina from Far and Ohio. How are you doing, girl? Oh, great. Great, great, great. I mean, you think with that attitude, world team, world one, right? Oh, I know. Somebody seems a little bit better. Jet lag. Oh, my God. You know what? Next time we're going to send you on a boat. You're going in by boat. So no more jet lag for you. (laughs) Uh, You better record the podcast before you travel, okay? Before you get home. It'll It'll be like me and Greta doing the whole trap. Trip, her, trip together. Uh, her name is actually Grieta. Right? Is it Grieta? Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's nice. I know she pronounced her name as I was like, "Girl, wow, that's, that's, nice. Cool. that's nice." Instead of my, instead of our straightforward Greta. Greta, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Greta does sound like some you know, like ordinary girl, but Grieta. Oh, that's like awesome! I love the <laughs> It's very lyrical. It sounds right. Like- and um, <laughs> the her last name isn't pronounced Thunberg. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different um because I think um Scandinavian um language mm-hmm. they use a different alphabet um lettering. Mm-hmm. So what we're getting off all the time is like a transliteration, like when we get Russian into English. Ah. So that's why a lot of the accents in a lot of the case we don't get to see. So when you pronounce the name, I, I keep losing but I have to look it up. It is actually great. Only I think BBC some of them get the pronunciation right. Did Paolo teach you this? I know. Huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, our, this is our project for ourselves. But, you know, actually, what I realize is I actually don't hear her talk very much. I see so much about her on social media. And I read mostly about her. But I've never heard anyone sort of pronounce her name or talk about her. <laughs> That's what I just realized. Because um, I think one of the reasons that a lot of these things that she puts out, she's made the movement about not just herself. It's she's made it about children. Yeah. About the, her act, the action of doing something. And when she came in Congress, she basically said, honey, when she said, I don't, I don't have to say. The scientists have already said it. So you, you don't need to hear me say anything. You need to read the report. And I, I think, so that's why a lot of the times you don't hear her speak. Because she literally, moved, I think the movement basically started with her, at least in Sweden. And she just decided to tell her parents, I'm not going to school on Fridays. <laughs> and then she started I mean, why go to school? She's taking that to the natural extension. You remember when you used to use that excuse when you were younger? We're all going to die anyway. Why go to school? Exactly. Like, so, like, yeah. Yeah. She literally took it to that place, and uh, it's been it's it's not been a movement about. It, she's one of those things that she's she's largely been very group think. It's about the group and leading the whole school children to the point where it's leading they couldn't ignore her anymore, and so and this is like all and I think she organized with other people around the world, mm-hmm. but um, even when she was traveling in Europe, she's like the easiest way for me to travel is by train, so she took a train. 
um, all the way from Sweden to Italy, I think it was at the time. But anyway, now is not the time for Greta, though. She's Although you just spent like five minutes doing it. So I know, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's always a... happens, right? <laughs> nice Keep it nice lady. and tight, and then it nice goes nice off on tight. some completely non related thing. And it no, takes up half the allotted time that we've it, given. It's the jet lag lady who brought it up. I'm just saying the same. Okay. Anyway, I just did it as a nice segue, and then you just took it all the way. Anyway, <laughs> you're always getting enough to get in names right. You're always, you never say Pablo, you always say, Pablo, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ricardo, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to be, you know, not Gino. Okay, but fine. Anyway, <laughs> we have Andreen from Soli Tennis Travel, who, as you can tell, is being a little, you know, itchy. <laughs> she, you know, that lag. I'm like seriously tired. <laughs> and she apparently is sick, but you know, I bet you she's nursing a drink next to her. <laughs> no, it's so great because it's like, I'm doing eight hours of work, but the eight of but the eight hours start at like four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us want that work time. Boss, I'm leaving real early today because why? Because I came in real, real early. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you were done by like what twelve midday? <laughs> no, I think I just finished maybe two hours ago. But yeah, I was like, "Whew, this is oh, tired." Oh yeah, that's your time to get you back in California. Three hours behind. So, so what's been happening here? Can I tell you? I completely took a break from news. <laughs> I, I got on the tw- I got on I got on the Twitter. No, I did. I got on the Twitter sphere, and people were like, there were lots of things going on, and I could tell something had happened. And I was like, Am I gonna? Do I care enough? And I walked outside, and the Swiss con- the Swiss countryside and lake was so pretty. I was like, No, I'm just gonna like put that in the back because whatever crazy thing is happening in the United States, it will be there when I get back. It would. And lo and behold, did it get crazy. But we for sure can't go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be here all motherfucking night. But you know what I want to say? You know what I want to say? But her emails. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to leave it there. But, you know, before I go and get into the actual business while we are in business, I just want to give a shout out to Janina. She recorded podcast 162, I think it is. And she had a special guest with Vincent Hanuman. And I'm saying it correctly. Hunanyan. I mean, when Janina's getting named correct. Shoot. You know, she did her research. I had notes. She had notes and everything, (laughs) you know, so. You should definitely check it out. It was a very interesting podcast. She interviewed a poet, writer, and a part-time spiritualist, I think it is. Uh, he, he, he seeks to self-actualization, higher power. Um, those, and he was at a, she loves his book, his Black Book of Poem, I think it is. Yes. And, you know, he is also speaking all the languages. He's like Kiki's best friend. The Kiki we he like. He might be Kiki's best friend. <laughs> Dang, we might have to kick Dami out of there. <laughs> no, I don't remember him actually. Did he mention him being in Paris? Being what? No, he's not from Paris. He didn't live in Paris anymore. No, 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 no. He lived everywhere else. No, yeah. But and he's actually grew up in Sweden. He spent a formative years in Sweden, so he probably knows Greta. But anyway, so we're here to talk about results. I know, I know, most of you didn't care about tennis after the years, but particularly with those results on the firing. But apparently they had a bunch of events. The men had two events, and they're people we liked. 
Apparently, Medvedev is on whatever Maldonian he's on. He's <gasps> still playing. I mean... You can't make those kinds of claims, my lord. I mean, it's special Maldonian. Maldonian is illegal now. So you We're not going to get sued because you're making a claim that Medvedev, Medvedev is on Maldonian. Take it back. <laughs> okay. Mama, Mama has spoken. Do it now. I take it back. Mel- Thank you. Medvedev seems to be on, re- seems to be relentless yes. in his pursuit to win in a million singles matches this year. He continued to run a farm and won another title. He beat Bona Chorich, Bona Chorich in St. Petersburg finals in three sets, I think it was. Or, I don't remember, but the score line. But anyway, someone else. I mean, I like Medvedev. He looks like, you know, uh, he literally looks like what I imagine every Russian character I've ever read in any. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just looks, I mean. <laughs> From Lenski, you are saying Warren, all he, of the wrong them all. Today. Like he, he is brother Kazimov. Everybody, crime and punishment. Medvedev is what I thought about. He <laughs> I mean, aren't those like novels from? Aren't those historical novels? That's like that's like quoting Gone with the Wind and saying that people in the. US. I mean, I, I mean, but I don't have access to modern Russian. Well, literature. then get access to it if you go make these wacky claims. <laughs> I'm just simply saying they might not be popular enough to be translated into. It's not. It's not something I can easily access. <laughs> well, you better find out a way. That's what I'm she's telling you again. Mama I mean, has we have, spoken. We, yes, we have a Russian invasion and you're not keeping up with the times. Read the modern text. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. All right. Another project, no, no, another... I mean, no. But seriously, have you guys seen all his sponsors? He's gotten like three, I think. And Hala has given him a treat. No, no, no. That's, that's catching off. That's catching off. Got a, a, a three-year deal with um, Hala. Hala. Which I was like, okay. I mean, I don't know if I'm showing up a hollow to see Kachanov, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Hala might know something that we don't know. I mean, he wouldn't, I guess, he's not the person I would have picked, but hey. I know. Like I I saw the I saw the um the news and I was like, Kachanov? I thought it was a mistake. Someone? Honest to God, I thought it was like a <laughs> fake account or something. It's just like oh a parody account. Is this real? <laughs> I know. This is so sad. Um, but no, but no, good for him. And he just had a baby. Congratulations. Like, so who he had a baby? Home. I'm catching up. Just had a baby. The wife. Oh, I thought you were oh, talking about Daniel. I'm like, what? No, he's married. He's not have a baby on the way with y'all. They're all married. So is Medvedev. And Rublev. He is? Yeah. yeah What's his wife look like? Beautiful. Of course. But it's amazing because they're all such young guys and they all well, dumbasses. That's what I'm gonna oh say. Y'all are too young. <laughs> you sound like a mother. <laughs> I am a mother. <laughs> she sounds like a mother of a son, not of a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking my baby boy. I know you are not. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. And speaking about fathers and babies, Tonga was able to give his child a trophy because he won in the, one of the French national championships. Moselle, um, right? Um, Met. Um, he beat. Um, yeah, Met. What did you call it? It might be you might be calling it the sponsor. What did you call the event, Andre? Moselle Open. Oh, that might be it. Same thing. That's it. It's a, that's I, mean, it, right? I probably don't pronounce it. 
correctly. No, no, no. I was calling it a place. I usually think of French tournament by way of the place they have in the event. Yeah, oh, the name of the um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is in Mets, it is in Mets. right. Um, he beat Badani. I thought he was gonna lose. I was like, motherfucker, this was a gift wrap event for you, and you're oh. gonna let Badani run away with this title in front of your home crowd. A, com- a competitive final against Badani, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you know where he is today, he's playing a challenger, so he, re- so he realized he got out, so <laughs> he realized he got some work to do. So well, he's playing like, a, a like challenge Sanga's, in this league. That's like Sangha's second home. He's won that like four times now. Look, I, I call all French tournaments the national championship because every if a French man don't get to the final, we got problems. We got problems. <laughs> I like it. They got so many. I, I mean, and look, listen, the people come out for it. Okay, the, the French people did you love watch, you. Did you watch the final? Did how is Sangha looking? I thought we thought when he first returned to the tour, the tour he was looking a little chunky. No, I didn't watch I it. Think. I was on Labor Cup Hangover. They like <laughs> stuck that final in the middle of two other matches, and I just I needed a break. <laughs> He's trying to play himself into shape, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure it's a good idea, seeing that he's always been considered a mm-hmm. player who's carrying yeah. injuries and carrying quote unquote too much weight for a tennis player. Mm-hmm. So I'm not so sure if that's a it's a good idea. But he's playing again this week, so I don't know. He's probably trying to give it a lot for Robbie before his wife decides to be like, you know what, I'm going home. I'm going to work and you gotta watch this baby. Can and- I can we take a little side trip though with the Frenchies? Because the Frenchies all went to um Pui's wedding, right? Yep. And I have to say, when I think about people who do the tour well, I definitely have to say the French do the tour they well. Seem they do the to social have... aspect of it. They don't do the winning aspect of it. Really no, but, well. yeah. but they're living a full life, though. I mean, besides the point, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I would much rather, this is like weird, but I would much rather be with the Frenchies than say with Rafa. Like, he's got oh, yeah, titles. It doesn't look like he has a good time. Like, they seem to have a genuine yes. camaraderie between them. A real friendship. It doesn't seem fake or forced. They seem to genuinely. It's not competitive. It looks like they're having fun. It looks like they love each other. It it really no. I totally agree. Like put me in the middle of all that. I think. Thinking what a way to do work, right? Because like yeah, like you have a core group of people you travel with, you vacation with, you stay in the same hotels, you probably say share some resources. Your girlfriends travel together if need be. Maybe your secret boyfriend does too. I don't know. Um, you know, it's got back. It's got back. Okay? I did that for you, real. I dropped it for you. But I, you know, the more I see them, the more I just maybe it's also aging. But I just totally appreciate because it feels like a holistic way. You win a couple matches, you lose some matches, but you're having a good time. I mean, the little dancing that was happening at that wedding, that oh beautiful God, that was outfit. Fun. Well, for two oh, reasons. One, friends has a true diversity. It's a yeah. very diverse on the men's side. I don't want to happen on the ladies' side to say. Yeah, yeah. But on the men's side, and also it's a testament to the French uh, national juniors program. They grew yeah, up together. True. They know each other, whether even though some are older and whatever, they grew up to the ranks. And every French open, every single French open, children from around the various clubs in France go to the French open for free. Mm-hmm. And even even if you are not, even if your parents are um, members of, your parents are like part of the administrative staff, whatever, you get tickets to go, children get. So there is always a fun, there's always a family um, element to it. No, unfortunately, it's not, a, it's not, a, uh, fortunately, it's not a Jackson family S style. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. they're not beating you into shape and forcing you into working, but mm-hmm. it definitely leads to there is never you never hear any French drama with each other. There is never any French drama with each other. At least none that I know of. Except on the ladies' side. I don't know what happened on the women's side. Any drama you hear is on the women's side for the most part. Or with the group thing against the the administration. Like I guess, but um any case of Montfils. But it's never something that trickled down to the players themselves. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as Montfils is back on the team, it's like if nothing has ever happened. So I don't know. It it, it seems to be something I think other places should study, but hey. America. I I like it. I just, I think it's a healthy way to do the tour. I mean, I know if you just purely evaluate them by titles, it's not necessary, but it doesn't speak much beyond sort of like um, the slams aren't included necessarily, but the tennis calendar is so much bigger than the slams, right? So you think about like a whole year of activities, the Frenchies, man, do it. (laughs) And they're loved worldwide. That's just the thing too. I mean, they come to America and ooh, I mean, we see all Americans got pissed about that. <laughs> I'm telling you, my food could pull a crowd away from John Inner. Crazy, everyone, right? Everyone can pull a crowd from John Inner. I mean, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna say it, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? I mean, we all that's the thing. I mean, we all watch that. Well, we had to suffer through that epic long match of Wimbledon, but we all fell for Mahoud. No one fell for Isna. <laughs> It's well, just the way it is. Had too many of those. <laughs> so that was that match. That was good. I, I'm sorry I missed it. I did see it quite a bit of like attention about Sanga. So it's kind of nice for him to get a title. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, on the women's side, the WTA had a lot of events. Huh? From Connecticut to China to Japan, all over the place. But we don't care about all of those events. We only care about some. So the Pliskova who makes money, <laughs> um, she won Zeng Zengu. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, oh, in Hiroshima, Abino beat Misaki Doi. Uh-huh. I know oh, those wow. are ladies that you like. And I, I thought Doi would have snatched that title, but, you know. I know. I know. Abino was just like, title. I'm going to be the number two Japanese lady. Tsubeda is right about now. And speaking of number one Japanese lady, Osaka. One in Osaka. And it was staged. <laughs> You're so wrong. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Pams don't do stage events, okay? If Pams gets a chance to get her hands around your neck, she's going to straddle you. <laughs> She'd be probably that, seems like a bit of, that seems like a little bit of a gimme, though, meeting Pabs in a final. But, you know, I think Pabs was tired down. I mean, you know, Pabs was really <laughs> You know tired. what? You better stop. No, no, no. Pabs had a struggle. Pabs had a much tougher road into the final mm-hmm. um, as opposed to Osaka. And Osaka left the U.S. Open kind of early, though. From Pav Dolly, you know, Pav's got a trouble coach. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, she has a new coach. She's got her she new coach. She has a new coach and she travels coach too. So, it took Pav longer to get to that side of the world. I know. She's got Sam Sumik. I wonder how he'll ruin her life. But although she hasn't really been doing much, so she should know. be super, super skinny soon, right? I'm just exactly. I'm just like saying. I mean, you can't get any worse. I mean, other than dead, hopefully she, she survives it. You know, and Kenan beat um, Sam Sosa, who got to a finals for the first time in a long time. That's a very long singles. time. I feel like I have, I, you in know what? I tell you, every time I see that Sam Sosa is playing a match, I'm like, wait a minute, I thought she was gone. Right. Because she doesn't really get out of the first round of anywhere anymore. She's getting a resurgence in doubles, though. 
Who's she playing doubles with? Um, whoever. No, oh my God, you know the girl. I, it, um, Zhang. Like, Zhang. Zhang. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, she's playing doubles with her. Shui yeah. Zhang. Because they've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm. I won't say. I won't say. Oh my God, you're horrible. But anyway, yes, because you know, um, she was about to retire when you know she became she got a run to the Australian Open. One of the things she mentioned, she was about to retire and give it up, and Sam was like, "No, girl, stick around," and she's doing better in singles and doubles. So no, hey. you never retire when you can play doubles. <laughs> you know, Mac oh. <laughs> Murray. Hey. Oh, but... can you... wait a minute. Are are you telling me that Sophia Hennen has three WTA titles in 2019? Is that true? Wow. She won three. She won one before this. Yeah, she's, telling me got, two? she's gotten a WT. Yeah, she's on her third. Mm. Look at her. Oh, mm. she got it in Hobart in uh, in January, and then she it's got not it really Mallorca. a tournament in Mallorca. Good for her. <laughs> that is by the way, tournament where no one ever bothers to show up. You know what I mean? But hey, girl, snatch it where you can. No, Wikipedia would still call this as a title. I mean, you can't say nothing. Benito showed up at Turner. I mean, I, oh, shit. Any great minds think I like, because I was just want to say, I mean, look at Benito, right? <laughs> <laughs> Benito, you got a silver medal, okay? Is it a silver medal? <laughs> no, you have a bronze medal. You have a bronze medal, the Olympic. Okay? He does? Yes. Well, um, double. Good for him. Sanga and Lodra got silver in um, See, Reels London. Knows, Reels knows his details. I don't. So yeah, so um, and that was in Guangzhou. So that's okay. all of the tournament we can. There were four of the tournaments in Seoul, New Haven, Nanchang, but we don't care about those. Nah, we don't. We really <laughs> just care about Labor Cup. We care about the ones that we you know, people recognize. That's no disrespect, ladies. I'm just saying there's so much going on here. I, I can't stay up for that shit. I, I Asia doesn't exist to me. No, Asia's really. I was saying to someone that Asia really works for me because it's like, yeah, because you've like right in my prime time for you. <laughs> it's the perfect. It's my perfect sweet spot. I sell this. Stop to my being bed. selfish, Andrine. I know. <laughs> hey, she don't complain when she. You don't complain when she's there struggling to watch Australia Open. As <laughs> 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 you can get up early, crack a dawn to watch the finals or something in French Open. But hey. But we're going to be taking care of those business and we get on to Labor Cup. I'm telling you, this thing is, what, three years old now? Is it three? Mm-hmm. And this shit is still causing all that mess. <laughs> I swear to God, I've never... It's like, you know, you know it's like when you have uh, um, when you have a baby and you give the baby a toy and the baby can figure out the toy, but an adult can. <laughs> <laughs> and how frustrated the adult is. You know, one of those things where the kids are getting it and the adults can't. I think Labor Cup is, is basically that. These people are so... I mean, I've seen some... I mean, I was about to some of the worst takes ever, and I saw some dude this morning put some about shit out of, about about the worst takes ever would have been on Labor Cup, but then some dude took the crown today and ran away when he was talking about Greta. Ooh. I can't girl. hear what you're saying. What do you think? What? What? Sorry. I was saying that I, I was about to say most of the Labor Cup takes well, probably the worst I've ever seen. Uh huh. But then some idiot this morning decided oh, yeah. he was gonna give his feelings about Greta. So I was just like, oh, but Labor Cup, you're kind of in the top ten. <laughs> you're in top ten of like hot mess takes ever. 
Although so, I, my sense of it is that with Labor Cup, the, the takes are all exactly the same. It's weird. It's weird when you are listening to people talk about something and they all have exactly the same talking points. How is that possible? How do they all decide that? You know how? I'll tell you. Because all of tennis tends to read the same fucking people. Yeah. Because there's only three writers. Maybe two. Who are they? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's why I said maybe. Um, You know, so you're reading the same recycled shit all the time. Yeah, That's it's true. So, so they were all different people, and they because, all came to the same conclusion about what Labor Cup needs to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about this. Like, if you if you take anything, any piece of art, any TV show, movie, any sporting event, anything, and you only watch it and you have no influence, whatever you form your opinion about it and it doesn't matter. And then, and then you talk about it with someone else. Right. And someone says, Oh no, no, no. I thought this, I didn't, I didn't get that from it at all. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I could see that. And if enough people keep doing that, and if you are the right type of person that, you know, is easily bent or swayed, maybe would be a better word. Um, Pretty soon you're thinking the same damn thing. You're like, well, I thought this, but after I gave what so-and-so had some thought, you know, I really think it was like this. And I think that's what we see in tennis all the time, all the time. It's like a group thing comes over everyone. And as everyone, as everyone is supposed to be, everyone I'm tell y'all motherfuckers, cut it out from the edge to the middle, to the center, to the, this, to the, that, they all have the same exact idea about labor cup. And I'm like, what is going on here? It's almost I like, think it's like right-wing talking points. Somebody email them talking points and they're all... <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think initially they didn't get invited to the party or they couldn't go to the party. So, you know, the grapes are, the grapes are always so and the fox can't reach it, right? So You know what? They couldn't get in. I, I, they, they weren't allowed to get in because remember in the beginning, Labor Cup was very contentious for the tennis establishment, right? They didn't... They didn't. They, they thought it was an unsanctioned event, etc. It was, a, it was three days, three days, okay? It's not even an event. It's a stack party. From every year, it's just a stack party. I don't know why people are getting mad at this whole thing. But, I mean, the sense of it is just like, and I don't understand why they're fighting this thing because it's it's no different than World Team Tennis. You know what I mean? But of these kind of excursions. Well, no, door. it is different. It's different because you only occasionally get a huge celebrity to play World Team Tennis. You're not getting labor cup turnout for world team tennis period and that's the difference people are traditionalists when it comes to tennis and they don't fucking like change and they cannot stand that it is so successful that they they can't people people that talk about it fans of the game you know people that follow the sport as their profession in life don't like that the likes of fucking roger federer had a good idea and said let's do this and it worked and it put a damper on things on long-standing tradition and just kind of brushed it off to the side because you know truly if we're being honest labor cup is a very short davis cup weekend period but it's a lot better it's a lot better it's more fun uh the stars are bigger 
and it's it's just it's more entertaining it just works better so people don't like that they genuinely don't like it i don't really know why i don't i don't know um i don't get it i think it's great i i think one it's the, great one of the things that i think that make live a cup unique is that it works whether you're watching it at home or whether you're in the stand like you're getting two totally different and enjoyable experiences like for ordinarily tennis event, you watch it, it's boring, whether you love the match, whatever the case may be. But at home, it's an entertaining event. For some people, for a lot of people, I guess, you know what I mean? You get to see the players interact with each other, you see them talking, you see the coaching, and you're seeing people that, you know, you generally don't see, you know, I mean, players don't behave this way until at all. There is never a time when they're watching each other's matches. They're always watching from behind a fence, like Maria, or sending someone to scouts or whatever the case may be. They're giving advice. You can see who knows tennis, who don't know tennis. And if you're in the state, in the stand, watching it like Andre did, you know what I mean? It's just fun and enjoyable just the same. So it's one of those unique things that doesn't happen in other events, whether it's a major or a non-major. So, but... I just think a lot of it, for me, it's just like, it's either you like the people or you don't like the people. And if you yeah. don't like it, it isn't enough for me. To, for me, if you don't like it, it isn't enough, I think, for you to write home about it. You know what I mean? Like, you could form such strong opinions. You mean if you don't it. like the participants of the event? I mean, if you don't like the event at all. It is just a thing well, you can just take or leave it and just move on. This is the tricky thing about Lever Cup. I mean, I think, first and foremost, I think it's an external... It was created as an external event that is that it has now been pulled in, um, right? And so as an, right. as a different event, it was able to create its own rules, right? It was able to alter the scoring. It was able to um, alter the point system to create enough tension over multiple days. And it was able to um, take advantage of a lot of the things that you talk about, which is this idea of how do you create an ex enjoyable experience, both present for the people that are in the crowd and for people that are at home. Because what's amazing is that for people at um, there, we are missing the thing that you all are getting, which is- Right, the, right. Right? That's, and we talked, I talked about that the last year. But I have to tell you that because of the point structure, which hand to God is the cleverest thing about it. I know. It is the- I know. One point first day, two point second day. Three points are they, and you must get to thirteen. Yeah, because if because you're playing the same number of matches, so even if you won all the matches on day one, it doesn't mean anything. Because if somebody takes over in day two, you're still in it, right? And in day three, for sure, three points is still enough to create a lot of havoc. Exactly. And if, if you've picked a talented enough crew, you keep it competitive. But actually, what I meant was the scoring. The scoring system is fantastic because it's really you could tell tennis is you know there's a psychological effort that's built into how you play right it's just like how if you're playing a best of three versus a best of five you have oh, to manage second serve it's, it's, yeah but you have, but you have to manage, definitely in the dna before but you have to manage all of that right but knowing that you're playing a match tiebreak in the third set yeah really helps you think about how you can play set one versus set two creates a sense of opportunity all the time. Like you lose set one, but you think to yourself, I just have to push because yeah. I don't have to go to a full three set. Third That's set, exactly. Intense well, set. We saw that happen, Andrew. That, yeah. that did happen. We saw, we saw Dominic team tell Sasha, you got one more chance to break. If you don't break, don't worry. 
Yep. And just go hard in the second set and get it to a tie break. Yep. We don't get to hear that kind of mentality talk because tennis is such a solo event on most occasions. The the that's what I love most about Labor Cup. I love the team aspect of it. I love the atmosphere because you know I'm a big sports fan in general. As much as I love tennis, I hate sitting in a match and not being able to act a fool like yep. I can at a basketball <laughs> game or a football game. You know, I, I miss that. I mean, like, I want to be like, yeah, you know, and be that person. And you can do that there and you can do it at Davis Cup and you can do it at Fed Cup. And that's well, Andre it. does that. Andre does that. At tennis she tennis does tennis. not. Not like that. I mean, that, no. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's really yeah, I know what special. That's yeah, really, you, really you special. Mean, you want to be American at food in the no, no, it's no. Like everybody they acts like that. Everybody does. Okay. You know what? The same thing. It, like it's not a funeral. It's not a communion. You don't have to sit there, mind your p's and q's, and stand up straight. And, you know, don't move. I mean, it just you get to see the players interact with each other, which we don't get to see. And even it's different because, like, okay, let's think about this compared to a Davis Cup or a Fed Cup. It's different because these aren't countrymen all the time. Nope. Um. So we expect. For Team USA, have a relatively strong team throughout. But like we expect people from the same country to get along. Yep. You know, we knew last year and that Noah Novak didn't fit in. Yep. We saw that happen. I mean, I thought it was evident. He just did not fit in. This year, Fabio didn't fit in. Even though he brings a level of entertainment, he was the outsider the whole time. Um, even during the trophy raising he was kind of out and it seemed like he just didn't fit in and you you don't get to see that in tennis you don't get to i don't care what anybody says i think rafa and roger genuinely like each other that you didn't get that sense of I'm roger fan, and no. novak last year right. you, they well, what but i i the fans don't the, the, the thing oh, well, I, who cares what the fans say i'm just saying <laughs> you get to see a side that you don't ever get to see anywhere else and it really brings it lets you see a completely different part of the player that you love you are never ever ever else gonna see roger federer walking down the hall saying fuck shit <laughs> behind even somebody probably, even though he's probably thinking it sure but you to know, watch these two coach you know, that that shows you something else too to watch it is, it is a pleasure to watch federer and rafa coach these young kids it's special okay and the other thing for me which i think is interesting is that people need to understand the nature of a thing right it's like now everybody's like because of course Everything is an opportunity to talk about or contrast to the WTA, which I don't know why that is, but that's such a oh. thing. So the thing is, I thought, so I hear, I saw a lot of responses. I thought we hated on-court coaching. Listen, we hate men telling women what to do on court. That's different. That's a very different <laughs> dynamic than players talking to each other and coaching each other. And right. also it's a rarity. The reason right. why Davis, the reason why Labor Cup is fun, is also because you're not seeing this often. If you put yep. it on tour every week, it would also kill that. It would be the so, same but shit. Is, but but, but here's the thing. So that's here, the nice thing about it is to be able to create competitions that are different enough 
that people feel like they're experiencing or having a different experience each time. So it's like, it's not about taking Labor Cup and then replicating every aspect of it across the tour. That's not what, that's not how those things work. That's not what you do. You recognize a good thing, you nurture that thing and you let it be that. You don't, you don't turn it around and say, let's put it everywhere else. Because we're not running around weighing white everywhere we go, right? Exactly. It's like, I don't understand that. And I don't understand what people don't understand about what's intriguing about the coaching. On-court coaching isn't naturally interesting if it's a person you have no idea who's talking as a coach, talking to a player you like. Right. What, what's interesting is that we know the people having the conversation. We see yep. how they approach their game. And so that is what's fascinating. It's player talking to a player, not a, not a player coach talking to his wad. That's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. If my coach comes down and talks to me, it's different than if my coworker comes and talks to me. Totally. It's a different experience. It's a different dynamic. So I, I, I know you this, about this, that is strange. <laughs> was that? I know. And that's what I, I, but you see, but, but you see, I take, I, I, I reject the notion. I think for me, what is great in me is when people say coaching, because to me, it's just, you know, just like advice. You know well, what I mean? That's what coaching gives, is, isn't it? Right. I, I get that. But I mean, like, it's not, I don't know. Just giving a little point. I, I just think there's a little bit different dynamic. Because but if it's, it's a co- dynamic, it's an interesting dynamic. Because right. Whatever it is, whatever is that, talking, that communication setup is, it is an interesting, you know what I mean? As the players talking, I don't naturally find a coach telling a player what to do interesting. I know they think it is, but I don't naturally find it that fascinating. But what makes this interesting is that it's an opportunity to learn about the player as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like if Rafa's coaching, that's telling you what Rafa thinks about when he does a match. Right. That's important and that's interesting. You know, that the the way Rafa broke down Federer's approach to dealing with John Isner in terms of him deconstructing how Federer was doing in, ter- in, in, in terms of shots. It was amazing. He was like, when you go over five shots, this is what's happening to you. When you go, you know what I mean? It was like Rafa was letting you know he knew he knows Federer's game intimately and he knows what his challenges are. And so he, right. could, then, he could then parry with Federer and tell Federer, okay, this is what you're going to do now. Don't do that thing that you do. Right. Which is but not you know, for me, of the moment. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, had, I had ups and downs with Labor Cup. I was kind of annoyed some days and, mm-hmm. you know, enjoyed it some days. But my takeaway from that situation, coaching, whatever you want to call it, coaching situation, I guess, but it's like when an actor is the director, yep. as opposed to when an actor is the director, yep. he can communicate to fellow actors in a way in which a regular street director cannot. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the actor director knows what is happening in that moment can see it in the, can see it from behind the lens and in front of the lens. So he has a dual perspective that is not necessarily privy to the straight director. Yep. Even Spielberg would speak in a different way as opposed to if um, Tom Cruise is leading the show. And you would hear that a lot, particularly, I know this, um, I don't know if it's gender, but it's something I remember um, Regina King talking about. Like when she's directing, she's just like, she can be much more specific and much more um, detailed in when she's giving actors notes because she knows what's happening, particularly she's directing herself mm-hmm. and directing others around her. And also, I'm just simply saying, if you are, if you are a player in the ATP, you should watch Labor Cup and take notes. 
I know. Because so many people are revealing themselves. I know. <laughs> and yeah. I'm telling you. And it revealed one thing I thought was very interesting, a, a very stark thing. And I wish people who really knew tennis and would paid to talk about tennis would talk about this. It's very clear people's tennis IQ. It's one of the fascinating things to me when it comes to tennis players, particularly mm-hmm. the great quote unquote greats. It's how they remember their game and how they remember a match and how they speak of the match. People always laugh about how Federer talks about the backspin in that match with Burdage in Madrid when yep. he told the umpire that was a double bounce because the backspin will show that the ball had to have bounced twice. But what everyone thought, but what it shows that Federer sees the game in the dimension, in the physics of the game, and he's able to communicate that clearly. And simply, he doesn't have to do elaborate, crazy diagrams, but he can speak very specifically. And Nadal can do the same thing too. Yeah, and that's do. why they were far more effective in talking to each other. No, Dominic team talking to Sasha. That's easy because they speak whatever. You know what I mean? But I, mean but I think it's also it's also it's also clear in terms of the dynamics on the teams that no one felt comfortable giving Rafa or Federer advice if they weren't doing well. Like right. so no, no one other. felt comfortable talking to Rafa at all, which I thought was interesting. Well, Federer. No, does. same thing with Federer. When Federer was in the match against Isner, where he had to save Europe. And he and he looked like, or no, it wasn't that match. There was another match where he was the Nick Curios match. They had no idea what to say to him. It had to be it had to be Rafa that came out. <laughs> yep, and only those two could talk to each only other. Only those two can tell each other because their level is so compatible in people's minds. You know what I mean? It was like, what am I gonna tell him? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what, that's that's one of the interesting things I thought was you know what I mean. But it's funny on the other end and in team world. Yep. Anybody felt comfortable saying anything. <laughs> except, except, As they should. Except, but if you think about nice. if you think about the level <laughs> of play in, in the ranking of those players in the success or lack thereof of their careers, they're all about equal. Well, you know, it's interesting, too. It was interesting, the coaching. You know, everybody makes fun of Borg, right? Because Borg has a team, obviously, with stars, so they can take care of themselves. But it's fascinating to see John Mac. John McEnroe really actively coaches. Yeah, he does. He actively coaches. Like he's and as much as you hate him, he does a good job. No, he 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 was able to pull the things out of Taylor, yep. uh, Taylor Fritz. Like he really paid attention to the things that they were struggling with. Like I could hear his coaching, and when I heard his coaching, I was very impressed by what he was telling Milos. What he was, you know what I mean? He wasn't mm-hmm. getting them to do what they needed because they—that's just who those players are. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was ineffective, though. Yeah, but his thought process was spot on. Was that spot I didn't on. question. That I didn't question. But to me, that's what I found the beauty in Borg is that, to me, beyond knew these players know when their game is working and when it's not working, and that they know what it is that's not working, and he doesn't necessarily. I don't think he knows. He, he just needs to be, I don't know. He just, to me, he brings a sense of like, there's nothing to overreact. I'll be panicking about right about now. For me and for McEnroe, for me and the other end, for me, McEnroe always makes everything seem serious. That he has to con- constantly calm these children. Well, they ha- well, he has to because that's his team. They're the lead. I mean, they're they're the ones that are. They're experienced. They don't have yeah. much experience on the team. That is. Yeah, true. but also they're the challengers. They're not the winners. They're not winning. Slams. Right. They're not slam winners, and so and they're all 
they all haven't reached their potential. That's the challenge with his team. It's true. No one on that team has been to a major singles final. I mean, oh, Milos, Milos, has. Milos has. Milos has probably been the most successful. Like, I mean, in a, in terms of yeah. In terms and, of oh, I know of, Sasha has not been to a single major. Speaking final. of yeah. Milos, I totally expected him to be the one to pull out. Yeah, I know. Minute, not fucking Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know I, I will say I mean the scheduling for the Rafa day was very weird because I think knew it. And it was odd because no, I mean it was just a poor setup because obvious. I mean I'm not a huge Fidal fan anymore, um, but it was clear that if you wanted to offer Fidal in Switzerland, then you should have offered Fidal on the Saturday, not on the Sunday after yep. having after he had done so much heavy lifting. He played two night matches, which is not bad for Rafa because it's like it's again like I said, it's not a strenuous match most of the time you're finished in like three hours and he, that's like probably a practice for him in terms of intensity. But like, I was like, why did you play him then? And then you expected him to turn around the very next morning and play Fadal. It just wasn't. And also you expected, see what I would have done in the scheduling and there must've been some sponsor expectations or TV coverage or something. It was never going to happen. I don't think it was ever going to happen. No, but I think if it was going to happen, you could have placed it better. So I was thinking to myself that the, the schedule must have been constrained by some external factor. Because clearly what you want to do is you want to have Rafa go up against Curios in the daytime instead of Federa. Mm -hmm. and then you want to have Fidal at night yeah. with proper rest. That's an optimal, yeah. that's an optimal schedule. The idea, I mean... But then I but, guess the question is, do you get? But then you get Federer and Curios on day three. That's fine. But I mean, I thought that they four. had. I suspected that two things that Rafa was very clear. I mean, if you want to talk about theories, one, I think when they had their doubles practice in chemistry, because let me tell you something. Team Europe took this like an eighth assignment, and they put the work in. It. Team World, I don't know what y'all were doing. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to mix match that. The only plan you have is Jack Sock was going to play doubles, right? And Jack Sock and anyone was Or, you know what? No. Jack Sock was going to play doubles. Um, Isner was going to be reliable, big server indoor, and then Nick was going to deliver. The biggest problem for Team World, again, is that Nick does not deliver. I mean, he's a great, <laughs> like, team spirit. But when you think about <laughs> scores and points, he doesn't really actually... I don't even think he had a good time this year as opposed to last year. No, I don't think as many of his camps were as like, I don't think it was as animated. I think the team wasn't the right mix of mix, people, right. which was a dead weight. Um, so serious. And, you know, I think he didn't have all the cool, all the people. Friends. He didn't have fun. I, to me, he was just like he was at the office party and didn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he had fun with Jack Sock, though. I think it was Right. I mean, he, he got on, but I mean, like, he's used to having. Like last year, Francis, it, it's just like they all get along. The dynamics like, matters. Yeah, last year they had a brilliant team chemistry. Like the whole yeah, I team. wonder why Francis wasn't there this time. Yeah, I'm curious. I think, and I will say, so this is, um, you know, when we talk about critiques of, of Labor Cup that I think are valid, um, this is one. I think team structure and team choice is very much something that can be unpackaged more and be clearer about. Like, I mean, I think it's okay for us to talk about who was asked and who got rejected, which I, I guess tournaments don't like to say that because then it feels like the rejection is like a, is news about its worthiness or not. But I think there's all of this critique about why is Team World so lame or da 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 da. But it's like the reality is Team World, some of their top players turned down the opportunity. So in some sense, it's who you had left. 
and who you had who wanted that atmosphere and who thought they could thrive in that atmosphere. Well, right? I wonder who picks Team World. Oh, it's McEnroe. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I really wonder. No, he picks his team, but I think the thing too you is- sure? Well, I mean, yeah. I feel like Federer might pick the no, whole contest. No, Federer's not picking Team World. But I think what I mean, I think I think Tony Godsick is probably picking and asking. Like I think they sit around and they ask who's doing well. I mean, I think the leadership probably does. I don't think the coach per se, but I think the management team. And I think because now it's part of an ATP event, I assume I think that process needs to be more transparent because it is now ATP sanctioned. And so I think it needs to be clear about who gets to be a part of a yeah. team, what you can do to control being a part of a team. Because I think it would be really nice if it, it was something where they, they said, like, if you're a top 50 player or something, you get to, an opportunity to be in Labor Cup. That's like an incentive for somebody. So I think you need to be more public about that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think- yeah, because I was confused, because I noticed that um, Team World always seems to pick a double specialist. Yeah, they, well, they come. They, well, that's smart. They but come in mind knowing that somebody has to be right. Team, team Europe has single specialists. It's best to pick the double specialist. You're basically yeah. single. But you know, but yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. It comes down to the single, right? It generally, do, yeah, it does. It comes but down the single, to the single. The doubles becomes very and, But it, but it team, becomes- the gamble for Team Europe is that you have to make sure the chemistry works. Yeah, they have to make it if, because. Sasha, what was hilarious when Nadal? I don't know if you could see this in uh, yeah, the, yeah, the whole thing about the finger. But the, when oh, Nadal and when Nadal and Steph were playing, Nadal was just like, "What the fuck? Like, what I don't are you know doing? what you're doing. I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> but when Federer is playing with Sasha, it's very clear how that works and the communication well, is quite I think, easy. You know what's also really clear, and this is what's interesting is what becomes very clear at Labor Cup is who knows each other, who yeah. knows people and who knows each other. Like it was very clear last year with Novak that Novak didn't know people. Yep. Didn't have a relationship with people. And he Same. wasn't cool people on, on, on tour. That, there's always Same. a thought about things. No, except for his thing. But same thing with Rafa. It's clear Rafa doesn't actually know any of the young people. Yeah. He did, like he had to whisper to Federer All to ask Federer to talk to Stefan, you know what I mean? Stefanos knows, you know, Federer knows Stefanos. He, because he practices with them, I guess. And maybe that, maybe who Rafa ends up practicing with. But it was like, it was very clear that Federer knew more of the European players. Federer knew everybody. He knew everybody. Yeah, he he's knew much them. more friendly, though. He's much I more outgoing. I, I, yeah. Rafa, I, I think Rafa's shy. To be honest, I do. I think probably, he's a bit, a bit shy. But like Andrine just said, you know, Federer makes it a point to practice with these young kids. Rafa practices with his peers. Other Spaniards. Always. And And sometimes I guess he's invited others, but I've never, you know, like I've heard him invite younger players, but it's not anyone that comes on Team World or Team Europe. It's not a running relationship. (laughs) And he also speaks the languages too. So players feel comfortable. That helps. Because he was speaking in German and Dominic. So, I mean... I was trying to think about what part of the tournament also was evidence that it was ATP sanctioned now. And so it was definitely clearly like the presence of certain commentators. Oh, yeah. Like, 
you know, yeah. like Carvel, Mary Carrillo is probably, I mean, that's probably the only aspect of it. And maybe, the- and also like ATP advertising, like it was the, the logos were there and now you could advertise other things that were ATP related. You mean like at the tournament, they're like at talking the- about upcoming stuff or yeah, like at the tournament, you could see, you could like see like an ATP season and, and also you could see it online. Like the ATP tour in year one, they, in- they entirely ignored labor cup. They didn't tweet mm-hmm. about it. They didn't do any of that. Right. Stuff. People were still, they were butter. Well, you know, I mean, the thing about it is it was funny because everybody thought it was so much controversial that Chris Kermode came out and did like a coin toss. And that was some sort of like nod to whose side or whose allegiance Labor Cup is on. Mm -hmm. But I thought at the time it was ironic because because Chris Kermode was not a Labor Cup fan in the year one. He was actually quite dismissive of it. And I also read as well that quite a few people did not do did not offer media coverage for Labor Cup. Um, like even Federer's own folks did not like take that cup seriously. Like, I think it's amazing. I think people don't realize that Labor Cup was actually a risk. I mean, oh, now, sure. yeah, now yeah, it because it succeeded, <clears throat> but it was actually a risk given sort of like the crowded environment of the tour. The fact that there was this battle between what was going to happen with Davis Cup. Mm-hmm. and um, and ATP World Cup or ATP Cup. So I think the assumption, you know how people always look at success, at success and go, oh, it was always going to be successful. Right. It really they, wasn't. They dismiss all this effort that went into it and now they want to pile on and offer. And they don't remember the pushback. I mean, there they was don't a lot the- of pushback. I, you know I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sorry the ATP is involved now because those people you mentioned, those commentators, they added nothing to the well, What do you say? You're kind of what? Those people that I'm kind of miffed that they invited, it's now an ATP sanctioned event. Yeah, and I have I, to say, I, I, like I, I liked it as it was, though I was never comfortable after with the, the I, I thought I needed more transparency with who's being picked for the team. You need more transparency with what? Who is being picked on the team? See, I don't need that when it's not when it's a non ATP event. Like, if it's a non ATP well, event, I, I guess I was mostly that you know, I just like it. Been, I, I guess for me, my issue with making it might be a petty reason because I was like, how is it that I don't like, I can't be back in Team World ever? <laughs> like, you know what well, I mean? I mean, that's, but you know, that's a other, personal choice of yours. That, that might and be the, it. The other thing that I think people need to think about too, and I think this is another part of the transparency piece that I think needs to become clearer, is you have to recognize that this was, again, remembering that nobody wanted this. This is a sponsored event, it's a co sponsored event between Australia and the USTA. Yep. And so that is why there's always a USTA representative and they're always going to be USTA and it's always going to be Australia. And so people need to sort of recognize that aspect of it. Now, I think what they need to do is each, each of those sponsors need to have just one player. And then you can like, you know, then you should be able to expand out and, and add South American, you know, whatever. It's the world. So add everywhere else except Europe. Right. <laughs> but I think that's why I'm saying, I think that's, for me, that's what I want reporters to ask. I don't want them to trash Labor Cup if for just to be silly. I want them to ask those questions. Like, how are you making those decisions now that it's part of the ATP calendar and it's, because it's an ATP event? How can we make sure that it's a real representation of the world, not right. the U.S.? Like that's, I think, a real valid critique, and I would like, I would like more to be done and said about that. Like, tell me, like, let let people aim to get to Labor Cup, like in your season. Like, what do you do to try to get there? Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. Like, 
Like, I mean, because I didn't know, I like you just, one of you just mentioned, you have to be a top 50 player to make the team? No, no, no. No, I she was saying that that could be an option. Oh, that could be an no. option. Okay, I'm like, I didn't know that no. was a thing. No, there's no, I think you have to be top ranked. They do go by rankings, but clearly the ranking is very specious because how far, where, what's Jack's, what's Jack's ranking? What's Taylor? Oh, 212. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it obviously doesn't have to do with that. And so the question is, it would be fine if you have to be the number one ranked Australian to be invited. Yeah. And the number one ranked American to be invited. I'm totally fine with that. Right. Put the risk in. So you should get that reward. Yeah. But then I think you need to open it up and add more people and then also move to different spaces. Now, I think the other thing that people also didn't realize again is that most of the, most of what you're seeing with labor cup is a three year contract situation. Now, remember when you're not guaranteeing that labor cup is going to be successful and you're signing on for three years, that's a risk, right? Yep. And now everyone gets to be bitchy, but the reality is that that's why you have those places that you have, right? Like the U S saying, we're going to host you. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. going to host I mean, <clears throat> because everybody wouldn't take that risk. Who wouldn't have? No, because or actually, could they afford for to take that risk and it fail? The and U.S. can afford that, probably, and or was willing to. And the yeah. other thing too is also, I think McEnroe, the coaches, they signed up for three years as well, and it's been extended for 2020. But what's exciting to me is that is that you can get new coaches after this. And I'm curious, you know, that would be really fun. Like, yeah. who are the if new? If they actually do it. Right. Well, they've they've extended it for one more year, and then I right. Think but I'm gonna... saying, like, when it's time, are they, you yeah. know, it'll be interesting if they do say, okay, we're gonna move on, we're gonna, I wanna, I we're wanna... gonna, yeah, that that will, and if they're smart, they will they because they will, that right? will make it more interesting, you know, push these coaches out on both sides and bring in somebody else. Um, well, I, I also don't like know if idea. I like the idea of having the coaches be sort of rivals from their own era. I like it. Um, yep, I like it too. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It it adds a whole nother dynamic. That's why Labor Cup is so successful because there are so many layers. That's why we like it. Someone sat down and did their homework on plans. They didn't just string together. He did. He did the. That's what I was saying to somebody. I was like, he did the reading. He did the reading, and you can't be mad at the man. I have another critique of it that I think um, is, and I understand the approach. Because I, I can understand if you don't know a country, your tendency is to go with the structure, right? You go with the USTA, you go to ITF, you go with whatever. Um, like in Chicago, they went, you know, they had the, ma the mayor there. And even though the mayor is not popular. So I think what's important, though, is I think labor needs to develop, labor cup needs to develop a ground game. Do you know what I mean? So that it, it feels like it's capturing more people that might fall outside of the system a little bit. So that it's not just USTA stamped. Like the USTA produces obviously American tennis players, but not everyone that's USTA sanctioned is a great player. Do you right. see what I mean? So right. I think it would be really nice if they moved outside of like the accepted formal structure. <laughs> within but a what would that be though? I mean, I think then you, um, you know, maybe you're finding, um, maybe you're inviting a challenger level player. Or maybe you're um, maybe you're finding someone that that's not on Patrick and Patrick and um, and John McEnroe's radar, or who for whom they're not really comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like I think a part of it is that it, they're picking teams and they're picking people that they like and know. Yeah. And I think not everyone 
is going to be well liked by J- John Mac. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. and so mm. I think you can't you can't let Labor Cup be about the McEnroe brothers. Do you see oh. what I mean? That's what I mean. Like that was what was bothering me, and I and I was watching Patrick, that's, and that's, I was just like, Patrick, have you seen Jack? I don't like. So I think that that makes it a real challenge. You know what I mean? It's like let's move away from like the American institutions, yeah, um, and and like find other ways to identify players to bring into the mix, um, which is why I want them to have new coaches in after twenty twenty. Yeah, that'll yeah. definitely bring in a different. You know, because everyone. What's some of your opinions though? What do you have in mind? Like I was, you know, like I actually, you know, I I mock him a lot, but I think BG knows a lot of different players. I think he really tracks a lot of different players yeah. coming from all parts of the country, interesting games, different kinds he of things. He pays attention to the lower level of the tour, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think and the and, and I think he would pull together a well-rounded team for different reasons, right? Like I think he he might play dirty. He might be like let's win ugly. And I'm going to pull <laughs> this guy, I'm going to pull that. Do you know what I mean? Like I think and I think that would be well, fun. Like for me, my future, I was telling everybody at, at Geneva, I was like, my future pairing is Federer versus Roddick as coaches. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> That'd be great. Do you know what I mean? Like, because again, you notice that Roddick is not very US, USTA friendly. No, he's not. And so again, that's another thing. I'm like, what's that about? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I don't see Roddick necessarily pulling from outside of America, though picking a team that's outside of America. I think he America. would because I think he gets along with different people. I think he'd pull. He think he'd pull. Uh, I I just don't think. I just find John McEnroe very closed and Patrick McEnroe. Oh, he gives this girl. That that that's really what sell with my event. Yeah, I think so. That's the worst part of labor. Yeah, company. I kept seeing I, them, and it's like, oh, it's very clicky. Yeah, it's very clicky, that part of it. Like that. And I was like, somebody got to talk like to Jack. Europe is not that way. I feel like Europe picked their best wherever they're from. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they're the top guys. They just picked them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. So, Andrew, have you been to them all? I I did not go to mm. um, one. the very first one, but I've okay. been to both of them now. So, you've been to Chicago, mm-hmm. you went to Switzerland. I, I'm I'm gonna Who's take paying a guess. His passage. That's the question we really want to know. Who's paying your passage, girl? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you got some secret Ukrainian deal. Well, you know, I mean, if you are you Hunter Biden's boy girlfriend, are you getting that million? If you wanna, I mean, let me say, let me let's break it down. I right? want to know about the price difference. Let's break. I feel it like down. Europe was cheaper. We know when Susie came on, when she went year one. Yeah, it was pretty reasonable. It was right. it was so reasonable, but we know that Chicago was astronomical. Well, you know what? It's interesting. So I think um, so for this year. Let me break down the price. I, I'll tell you because um, I saved for it. So the flight was um, round trip seven hundred dollars, um, and I bought it as soon as it went on sale. I bought it months and months ago. Um, and the tickets, they, they went on sale. Um, they went on sale and you just had to rush to get them. And they were a mixed bag. You could get tickets reasonably. I think you can get tickets for $500 for the three days, but I really wanted to be close. So I paid my ticket price point, I think was something like 800. That's what I was willing to pay. So that's actually comparable to yep. think Chicago. About that. Exactly. But it was much much cheaper. So I wonder if if that comes from the success 
Well, I think the tournament. Um, Switzerland's expensive as fuck. Okay, um, I was gonna say it could be Switzerland. I bought a latte for uh nine francs, nine what? Swiss francs. So it's expensive there. Um, and then the hotel, I split the hotel with Deb. Um, we shared a room, and the hotel was um six hundred francs. I mean six hundred dollars because it was actually one to one. Uh huh. Um. So um. So all in all, that trip was like what? seven plus six 13 so like about two thousand dollars for a whole weekend with really really great seats and a bunch of tennis yeah i and i the seats i had if i were to have those seats for three days at the slam that's not happening yeah (laughs) right and so um so so that's like it's you know so that's like a tennis that's but that's a twelve. That's a that's like a twelve month and plan, and that's it's a, also tension built in. You know what I mean? Like every yeah, month matters. But but think about it. Like that's a that's a two thousand dollar trip to go to a foreign country, stay there, do what you want, what you love, and then and and then like you know what I mean. But then if you think about different things, right? Like so, like in if it goes to Boston, what's the flight gonna be? What's the ticket price points going to be? Like, I think it's probably going to still be comparable. I already know because I already looked at hotels in Boston. Ridiculous. All the hotels. Can I yeah. So before they announced, I was like, shit, why didn't I think about this? Like, I don't know why I didn't think about it. But but I, at some point in time, I started realizing, wait, I should secure a hotel. Why? I don't know why I waited so late. So I get on. And I was thinking it's the same weekend because it was usually the third weekend. It's later. But I, change it it's a it's a week later but that third weekend was completely sold out everywhere booking.com everywhere was sold out hilton everything was gone and i was like wow that's a lot and so then i went and looked for hotels remember i did switzerland four nights five hundred dollars now boston a regular hotel that used to be one hundred and one hundred dollars a night for four for those four nights it is now Eighteen hundred dollars. Mm. So they have, and you know the U.S. market does that. They inflate yeah. the price because it's not the same in Switzerland. Like there was in Geneva, there were tons of hotels at different price points, mm-hmm. and they didn't really necessarily. I didn't feel like they bumped them up ex- extraordinarily, but you know how the capitalism <laughs> works. Everything will be high. Around you. I have to stay at your house, girl, because this is not having Well, no, everything is totally. That's the other thing too. Now, now Labor Cup is a thing that everyone understands. Your city's yep. gonna be cr- it's like the Super Bowl. Your city's gonna be crowded. There's a bunch of federal fans that are gonna come to town. Yep. And you are gonna put hotel packages and ticket packages together, and you're gonna lock that city down for the weekend. So I saw some numbers that like 54%, I think, of the people in the turn in there were Swiss. Yeah, it was crazy. The rest were from all over. And the most in the ones so I saw those numbers too. And a big chunk of the foreigners were US people. Yep. There was a t- let me tell you something. We y'all, okay, so this is the other part of attending a Labor Cup live. And this is why I encourage everyone to do it. Because you know what it is? It is a tennis convention. <laughs> I can imagine. That's, that's what that, it is. That's unlike the slam. It's a te- it's it's totally unlike a slam because that's the other thing I was thinking about. Maybe it's because it's dark, but you know how like at the U.S. Open, the, the I think the closest atmosphere to it that I've experienced is the U.S. Open and Wimbledon. 
Wimbledon in the sense that the intensity of feeling that people have for what's happening on the court is, is exactly that. But U.S. Open in the sense that it's a party vibe. However, the people are paying attention to the tennis. One of the things that they did this year is like they had um, the fan zone in Chicago. It was outside and you can sit on these like little like chairs like you would sit on on a beach mm-hmm. and you sit outside and look at the screen. This time what they did was they brought every single thing inside. It's like this massive, massive coliseum that they just essentially staged, right? So they put chairs and all. It's like a set that you stage everything. They created this wonderful fan zone that you, if you want to sort of like hang out and chit chat and be and be about that, you could just sit in the fan zone and you could pay fifteen francs, um, Swiss francs, to just sit there, come in and sit there and watch on the screen and eat the food and order the thing and like have a whole experience. And that's its own thing because mm-hmm. you also get to watch on screen. And so you're getting the TV experience, but you're also getting the vibe of being there. But people are actually riveted by the match. There's not a lot of talking. <laughs> like, like yeah. And I mean, I was surprised, right? Because of course I get there on Saturday and it's Fritz versus Dominique team. But guess what? Dominique team is very popular in Europe. <laughs> Well, yeah. He's the number four player in the world, ain't he? (laughs) And if we were in the U.S., Fritz would have been popular as well because it would have been like, you need to win the world point, which is what we experienced when it was Diego versus, I think, a European player in Chicago. The atmosphere was ridiculous. Yeah. So what, what you do is you basically submit to being on a team the whole time you're there. You Nobody is really like, oh, I don't care who wins. They pick a side in the match. And then they go hard with the cheering and then you become super emotionally invested, but don't get me wrong. It is definitely first and foremost, a fed fan convention. Second, a tennis convention, (laughs) (laughs) but it is first and foremost, a fed fan convention. Like it's a ridiculous, the amount of fed fans. You met a lot of people, didn't you? I met a ton. We like, and these are people that we've known for years all of you know them you've seen them we all like kind of plan to be there but it's not like we all bought our tickets and sat together and all of that like we all bought our tickets separately and said let's be there and i think i have a whatsapp group right now um like the boys um nine (laughs) on it sharing photos sharing experiences because some people came early and did exploring some people stayed later and did exploring i mean the federa versus (laughs) nick curios match literally one of the best experiences I have ever had in sports. Wow. Ton of experience. I've been a ton ton of live tennis, but it was comparable to Federer at Wimbledon vibe. It is ridiculous. Like the crowd, because he wasn't playing that well, you know, he lost that first set and the crowd just, the Federer love was ridiculous. Is that, was it after that match where he said, I hoped it would be like this? Yes, it was yeah. incredible because. You could feel that on TV. Like, it was insane. It was insane. Like they were breathing and living each point. And so, you know, what they started to do was stomp their feet to we will rock you. And then it was just like, it was like the crowd would like levitate. And like, and then they started screaming Roger's name and the stomping of the feet and the Roger from 20,000 plus people. It was, <laughs> you just, I have chills just listening to you like, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, like it's, it's really, and you know what? And I was saying to somebody, we were talking about it afterward. And I said, you know what's powerful about Labor Cup that I think people resent a little bit. And maybe that's really the source of it is 
you are getting an experience of what it's like to be in a Federer situation. Like most of these players will never have a crowd go crazy like that for them. Mm-hmm. Somehow or another, Fed and Rafa have created an experience together mm-hmm. where other players get to feel what it's like when the crowd is is intensely invested. Yeah. And so it is a weird gift, right? Because that's, I think, what shocks people. Because have you ever been in a match where people are screaming Pass's name? They were doing that. So you're basically trying to tell me you're in a room full of a whole bunch of sociopaths. No, it's just <laughs> listen. That's what sports people who I that's know, what I know. sports feels like. No, that's what it's supposed to feel process. like. They submitted to the process of cheering on a team, but the difference is part of it is very much involved with it. But also, they're cheering a team, but then you have this other layer, which is the federal layer. Let me tell you something. I know this kills people. But there's never going to be another like him like this. No. There'll be Not other in our lifetime different things, but let me tell you, so the love that Federer that people have for Federer at this event and that you get to feel, it is chills. Okay, now in his home country, that's different. But guess what? It was the same in Chicago. Like, <laughs> yeah, again, it's a Fed fan convention. So, but when I thought about it, I was like, but listen, the other players are getting that feeling. The other players are getting the feeling of the crowd being intensely invested, like screaming for team world screaming for taylor fritz to get that point i mean it's it's stunning like it's i've never had you find yourself enjoying a match that you probably typically wouldn't enjoy yeah you know i was watching um yep um sasha match and i was just like what the fuck am i doing watching this (laughs) you're also again this the crowd and then also the score Mm-hmm. This is how the crowd and the score work together. Because again, the crowd also gets to invest in a match knowing they don't have to go 10 sets. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the match tie break also fucking magical. You know, you've experienced I love that so much in so any much. situation. Can I, I tell it. you, Wimbledon should, if you're going to do a tie break in a slam and it's the fifth set, it should be a it match, be a match tie break. It should be a match tie break. That's because let me tell you, it is twisty and turny. Yep. The mini breaks because the hill exactly the hill is not seven. <laughs> it's like you get to seven and there is another mountain for you to yeah, climb. You get yep. to seven, right? You're you're like seven four, and you're like okay, but guess what? That person can immediately become six seven. You oh, know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> yeah, I love a match tiebreak. I, I don't understand why it's not all over everywhere. I really I don't. Think- Especially for consequential matches, like if you're going in the third set, you need to make it a match tiebreak because that's what was so weird and jarring about Wimbledon was how abrupt that tiebreak was. Mm-hmm. After like sitting for a match for five hours, they're like, "Let's play this off in seven in seven shots." It's like, no, like seven yeah. points. No, it yeah. just give me so more. I, I so I do think a couple of things makes. Now I don't know what this is going to look like with Federer, but I think what's interesting is like Federer has actually created a tournament that gives life to people in retirement. <laughs> and give life to every single match that team plays. Did you know what I mean? Because like- There is no dead rubber. Yeah. And however that, you know, and people are like, oh, well, it's fixed. But the reality is by increasing the numbers, you like, this is the thing. If Team World, if Team Europe won everything on day one, all Team World needed to do was win one match on day two. <laughs> and it's still competitive. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> Actually, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, like, it doesn't matter because here's the thing. You could win all the matches day one and day two and still lose yep. all the matches on day four and still have to play that fifth match. You still have, you, you get, you, they at least Because you only get to 12. Match. Everyone yep. is at 12. Yep. So, so they, you they must really get were, to 13. They were really good about making sure that you didn't have a dead three-day event. And even if you got one match, fine. You're going to get one match. But, you know, it turned out we got like, psh, I thought we were going to be done. We got like three freaking matches. <laughs> um so no it's i totally encourage people to go i just i mean i think you know there are lots of innovations to it i think there are lots of things to be critical of it for sure i think i was pretty critical about some of the elements of it but in terms of just creating an experience where and guess what you know what you're getting what name a tennis tournament where you know what you're getting yeah that's really rare you know who you're showing up and seeing the next day and pretty you know, and that's hard to do. And I think that's also what makes it very sellable. Um, and now, as to the... And personality. You get to see personality. Yeah. Now, you get to see the people some, to whether... cheer for something and want to cheer for it. So I, I want to, like, I want to address one thing, though. This whole idea that um, the Labor Cup versus, like, women. I, I, I think one thing that... And this is some, as somebody who watches men's tennis probably more than I do women's <laughs> tennis. Mm-hmm. I do have to say that I think it's strange that people don't understand that the Labor Cup is actually a gift for men's tennis because I don't think women's tennis needs the Labor Cup. The fact that people keep telling me that we need to add women in it, I think that the women's tour has far more malleability in terms of people moving up and down in the rankings, doing different things. In a strange way, and I've seen this critique and I think it's valid, the Labor Cup has sort of taken a thing that Federer and Rafa have done and actually spread it out across the tour and then giving you an opportunity to learn about players that you might not know or might not even care about. And that's I think- not a need that the WTA has. I mean, if it is, fine. But I, my sense of it is that the, the men's side needs that a little bit more than the women. Yeah, because on the on the ATP side, you basically come down to three players. Yep. But on the Labor Cup, it doesn't matter Rafa and Federer being present. I mean, Rafa and Federer being present, because they don't matter. Everyone else on the team matters. You know what I mean? And they can't do it alone. Yeah, you need everyone. They and can only play two matches per day. <laughs> no, I mean, I just I was thinking about that, and I was like, why do people think that the women need this? Like, well, they think that they need it because it's so it has become so incredibly difficult to talk about the tour separately, even though they're completely separate. Yes, no, we have. It's, we, it's it's more than that, though. We have these combined events. We have people who know what they're talking about say that the women ride the coattails of the men. We, and you know, we have all of this stuff being thrown out into the universe, basically that blocks you from, you know, maybe being able to completely see it different when, when you tend to go to um, major tournaments and there's always men there and there's always women there. I think it's easy to forget that this isn't one tour. Yep. So I think, you know, you see something on the men's side 
and it's so successful and it looks so fun. So a lot of people's natural reaction to that is, man, we got to do something like this for the women. I really think it's that simple. I really, really do. Well, I mean, I think, but the thing is, you're not thinking psychologically about why the Lever Cup matters to the men, though. Right. I, I mean, you oh, know, I don't I mean? disagree with you at all. That, that's what's so weird to me, because it's like, to my mind, this tour is so heavily built around these three or four characters. Yeah. So spread the love, like you said. That integrating them with others and then letting that letting that like positive vibe and that attention suddenly like filter out. Um, I, you know, and I, I don't I mean, I think it's I you know, I mean, like I don't need a mix event. I'm not one of those people that need to go to a tournament and see men and women there. Like, I'm fine going to a tournament just to see the men. As a matter of fact, I go to many tournaments just to see the men. For some yeah, weird, I want it all. For some weird reason, people tell me that, like, oh, I need to have women in this tournament. And I don't really know no, why. Actually, well, no, you know you what I that? want? I have a question. I want a sit-down with Roger Federer and Serena Williams. That's and right? That's, That's what fine. I want. I want them but to have tea when- and to have a documentary about them talking about and it's issues and parenting and dealing with the sport, whatever. But I have a question for Andrine about that. When you say, maybe I'm not following what you're saying. Are you saying that you're hearing people say they want women to be involved in Labor Cup or they want them to have something equal to themselves? Listen, John Wertheim's point was, Labor Cup is great, clearly a success. It's time to add women in it. So he wants them to be women on part of the team. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. See, the that. thing for me is like, listen, and I'm not defending men. That's not my thing. But I'm like, I don't go to a women's event and go, "Who? You know what's missing here? This is men, right? I'm, well, I don't need that in my life. I don't get that. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, and the thing is, you know what? Let's say that WK women finals, are not going like, to do Singapore. Women like, are not going to do the same thing. This, this, it's very male what's happening at labor cup absolutely and that is okay and that is what i like i enjoy it i like the joshing i like all of the thing i like all of that that's not what women are going to do and i'm not saying that they're going to do different things but you're not going to replicate labor cup by simply inserting women it's a different vibe that's the other thing too you then combine if it's a mixed event suddenly you bring people together that whole dynamic has changed have you ever hung out with a girlfriend on a girlfriend's trip? What happens when someone brings their boyfriend? Mm. <laughs> Everything, all kinds of fun. Hey, what, what, what happens hey. when someone brings a dude? And also, men and women can't go in each other's locker rooms. Well, I mean, even that, but it's like that's all of that. It's all of those dynamics, and I'm not saying that it's like it's impu- but I'm just like it becomes a different thing. And that different thing could be good, but it's not what I want to see right now. I'm enjoying dudes just hanging out with dudes. Similarly, I might enjoy women hanging out with each other and seeing what that vibe is like. I, I But I don't happen to think the WT needs it. The WTA doesn't rest on one player. <laughs> like, I mean, it does. It's Serena. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'll be rude. I'm like, the only people I want to hear talking and giving advice is basically Serena and Venus. Like, I don't care to hear what any of the other It's true. <laughs> horrendous. But I'm just saying, because you it's know what? Because true. because they're, they've been so silenced by so many other things. That well, Martina Hingis is definitely going to be the captain of Team World, though. Or team that Europe or something. Well, you know what? Let her be. But I, I, I don't want to see it at all. What? The women have a tournament like this. I don't. 
Why? If they do have a tournament, I don't care about it. Like, that's not what I want. If it happens, would I check it out? Absolutely. But I don't I don't have this like, oh, my God, this is so fun. The women should do it. I don't uh, that's that's not my takeaway from it at all. Yeah, I don't. I, and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm like, I'm trying to make sure I'm like not being sort of like blind to it. But I'm like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, why do we need this? Like, why do we need to throw women? And I, the thing that's also weird to me is the way that it's like pitched. Like, toss the ladies in there. I'm like, you know, they're why? Why? What do you want to see? But you, you know, know what it is? Federer, you know what it is, right? You know, you want it, they don't ice the Federer. Like, what is it? What do you want? No, it, they don't care about the ladies. What well, they do they care about these people. What they care about is to try to is to try to have a critique against it, right? To say, oh, you don't. So the only criticism left is to say you're not progressive. Yep. Right. You don't any, yep. You, you don't have any women in your group. And next week it's going to be you don't have any people of color in the group. Well, I know that they should. they should definitely have a. They should group. have, but but see that the thing about it's just that it's not about they're not trying to exclude people. You see that it's built. It's an ATP event. Let it. We're not going up into I don't know, Hala and saying you know what Hala is a success. Let's bring some women over here. It's you don't so say weird. that over there. You keep subjecting. What I don't understand is that why are you subjecting Labour Cup to these criticism and, and exceptions that you don't subject to anyone else. You want to see Labour Cup books, but you don't want to see nobody else's books. You know now, what I mean? If you want to create it? Don't do a King Cup because I know everybody wants it to be Billie Jean King. She's problematic, y'all. I know, um, and they already have that already. There's already a Billie Jean. King. Yeah, we already know Billie Jean, and we already have it. It's World Team Tennis. But if you want to do, uh, I mean, a Gibson <laughs> Cup. <laughs> what a Gibson Cup? I'll be yeah. a Gibson Cup. Um, but you know, I mean, we'll see. I, I think, um, I think I'm curious to see where it goes. I think there's legs in it. Because I do think that Federer has actually crafted and shaped something that could live beyond his retirement. Because then you're going to see Federer coach, maybe. You're going to see Federer maybe play doubles. <laughs> um, you know what? I think Sasha wants Federer to adapt. Him. I'm oh, just yes, to and you're going to see. I mean, so do you. So what's your point? And then you go to. <laughs> Federer going to have the babysitting those four kids. I don't and then, think so. I know. Then you go to. Listen, then the other part of it is let's just be real straight up. You go to see cute boys dance on and hang on all over each other, which that's a channel I'd watch. Laundry is in. She don't want to see the ladies in the towel. I mean, the ladies in the Listen, we could do Depends that. Depends on the lady, okay? We could do that too, but you know it would immediately become real pervy and very oh weird. Very yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't more pervy. No, I, I think the women can have an event like this. I can have an, an event like this in the sense that you can have a social event, and whatever the case may be, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a carbon copy of this. No, you need to be at labor cup. You, figure you out need to works. you need to figure out something that that works for you. I think yeah. you should. Like what would what would make women get excited? Like it like because for me it feels like people want to take the labor cup model and then put it right on the women's. And I'm like I don't know if that's exactly what you need. It's just like that's not what that means. Like you, the question is like how do women um how do women participate in team sports? How do they want to do that? It's not because it, you know that's the new thing. It's like we're just like men. No, you're not. None of us are. We're all very different. And there's no reason for you to be just like men for it to be valid. So the question is like, what would that look like? 
on the women's side. It doesn't have to be a replication of Labor Cup. It would be interesting to see what that looks like. Like if you put down all the greatest minds on the women's side and put them down and say, what would make this an ideal event? How would this work? Right. Doing, you know, how are we doing this? Like how are we? I think you would come up with something completely different. Not completely different. Something slightly different. Uh, at the very least, slightly yeah. different. And far and, and interesting in its own right. And far more interesting to me. Well, because you know, like, because the thing that's interesting is like the women already have three set matches. You know, like that creates that tension already, right? Which is why I think it's so funny that the men did this and then added like. You know, like, super added tie break to help them move the scoring along. I mean, would would the women need to do the same thing? I don't know. I mean, actually, if, I think the women would be work well to do one set. Well, I don't know. See, that's the thing: one set and then a match. I don't know. Difficult. Yeah, because it's like a. Um, I think that'd be interesting because it forces because you know i don't know to me it forces, and it doesn't have to be but you see you're thinking of the same four matches for their model it could be more than four matches no i mean it could, it could be very different what i like about this too as well is that doubles is just as valuable as singles yeah and like i said there are no dead rubbers yeah no Every, that's you, you cannot because team wall knew they had to win that doubles on saturday yep they couldn't let them get ahead Nope. Because that shifted the whole thing, right? Because yeah. by going into Saturday, instead of being 10-3, as yep. opposed to 7-5 on Sunday, and then Taylor Fritz yep. won that match, that changed the whole well, shit. You know, that's because Dominique team was so vulnerable. That's the other thing, too. Depending on the part of the season, Dominique team is still recovering, still not perfect. And Dale, Taylor Fritz was like, this is my shot, boo. This is my shot. And, like I said, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, boo. When you come in and, um, that third set tie break, super tie break. Yeah. Look. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Taylor Fritz good luck. played <laughs> so a I fucking mean, textbook tie break. But you know what? You know what? Um, Team World, um, if you're not Federer and you're not Nadal, you got to work on your volume skills. Ooh. Yeah. That's there are a lot of no. Let me tell you something. Labor Cup exposes people for skill. Yep, it does. And I know Federer and Nadal what they taking notes, taking notes. They're taking <laughs> notes. And let me just say, let me just say for the second year running, Team Sasha held it down, and Team Sasha brought home the cup. Although, How can I tell you? That, right? I tell you in my cynical, in my cynical imaginings, I was like. Look at Roger Federer created a tournament so his son can keep winning it. I cut <laughs> it out. Look, oh let me tell you something. I mean, like this is the thing that you know what was so striking to me on the television watching it at home. What? It was maybe because I watch a lot of uh, forensic files and whatever. Uh-huh. The psychology was so interesting to yeah, me, and it was almost frightening to me because to me, I don't care who get mad. Nadal needs to be friends with Federer. Probably because I think Federer is the only person in the world who understands the pressure that he's going through. Yeah. So Federer deals with it way better, better than he does. As opposed to Federer doesn't need to be friends with Nadal. Listen, but Nadal. those children, Sisyphus and, and Sasha, oh my God, they need constant hugs. They need to be coddled. They need a pat on their head. They're kids. Like, I mean, I know they're kids, but I mean, here's the difference though. When Roger Federer and Nadal were that age, they were not kids. They were not treated like kids. Well, Rafa was so much fun to watch on the bench. Like he rivaled 
Jeremy Shardy entertainment value. Shardy's better because he's more vocal, but Rafa's facial expressions were everything. That man, the faces, like, oh my God, what the fuck? Ooh, like, he, he annoyed me. I swear to God. He you know, I thoroughly every year. It. Every he year, it's like an emotional fucking wreck. And it was for me, so every year, Nadal fucks up Team Europe and then out there doing the most. And <laughs> I like you didn't do your bench. job on the court, but you're on the sidelines. I like him on the bench. He's from <laughs> oh, every year. Do the most well, you know, Rafa said, you know, Rafa says his, his best skill is his coaching. He asked, no, better to me, and, and I like you know, I, I, I knew that I knew he wasn't going to play on Sunday because I saw him with that taped up hand on um Friday, <laughs> and oh, then yeah. I heard Mary Torella was just like, you know, you know, he got his coach, he got it, he flew out his doctor to come here on Saturday morning. <laughs> I was like, fuck that, shit. Motherfucker ain't playing on Sunday, so said, so done. But guess what? When that team party turned around, homeboy is holding champagne. He's holding up the bottle. He's holding up. You know what? And you know what? I think your observation is so uh, powerful. And I think maybe this is the Swiss in Federer. But look what Federer has done, y'all. Federer has taken a rivalry that was meant to bring him low. That's the point of the Rafa rivalry, right? <laughs> That's the point of the people who wanted Fidal and who wanted this guy to come and wreck Federer. And and yeah, knock him down. Knock him down. Federer has completely taken a rivalry and, one, monetized it, which I think is amazing. <laughs> As always, get that purse, get those coins. We will never be mad at that. And then, two, created an arena of, like, affection between... Yep neutrals really because i'm not a fidelist but it's still nice to see them get along on in the way that it was so painful last year with novak you know and so i just ah, it's ooh, so, ooh. i mean talk about Novak's never getting invited back no i, I know no, it's like, it's like the vegan who won't shut up about veganism i know it's a, it's a very non-us way to negotiate with a painful situation you know what i mean to take right. your rival and then turn it around into this thing where this person now also helps fund your foundation right he's gonna be paid <laughs> exactly <laughs> all while subtly changing the dynamics of that rivalry that old adage right if you can't beat them you join them <laughs> you know it's i mean it's very much so but it's like but i think it was really important for federer to figure out what to do with a rival that people had sort of crafted and shaped to sort of i mean mythical like, unnecessary levels you know yeah, what I mean? yeah they were you know because that's how people talk about you know what you know what and, and it goes back to federal doing the reading right because look at that rivalry the fire and ice rivalry yep it means nothing really right because yep. McEnroe was nothing when Bog was like fuck you i'm off exactly he didn't, you know have, anything. I mean? he didn't have anything he didn't have it McEnroe couldn't stand on his own he still can't he needed but, that you know, he needed the foil he needed that he needed that foil the federal just like look i don't have time for this shit we got our lives to live and, you know, enjoy ourselves. And but, hey, you know, for Federer fans, we don't need Rafa. Like, he's not a foil. That's Federer needed. don't need Rafa either. But I mean, but it's a helpful thing for the sport and all that kind of jazz. But I think, um, and I think it's turned out to be a real moneymaker. Um, but I just thought, how clever is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I but I definitely think it anchors the tour a little bit. But, you know, it was fine. It was just as good last year with Novak. It was just a different dynamic. And it, it, I think to me, what I love about this, is it allows the locker room and the men's side to be much more fun. And hey, what team world, guess what? 
since Brexit is a thing, you can pick Team Andy next year. Cut it out. Let me I'm tell just you, saying, get Andy. He's playing doubles now. So hey, all the haters are gonna love it if Andy plays it. Let me tell the you, I will love it if Andy plays it. That's the thing I thought, I thought Andy was gonna play it at some point as well. I thought he was gonna come in this year, but I think he's still trying to figure it all out. Anywho, I think we've. Uh, so the question on the table is: Are you all gonna make it to Boston? Girl, at those prices, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to need a sugar daddy. You know? Girl, $1,800 just for a hotel? People are super generous because you can go and you should probably do like one of those where they do like a grounds pass and then people always end up coming with extra tickets and then it's all kinds of things happen. Like I always say, put yourself... Well, those people, who, who, at those prices, who got extra tickets? You know, what? Like, who that? you know what? Because things happen and people, you know, people's flight get canceled, people don't yeah. show up, stuff happens and then they can't figure out how to sell it. Because it's not like there's a resale like U.S. Open. So then you're like, well, I got some tickets. Anybody want to go in? Like um, like at the last match, we were sitting just chilling out. And this woman came up to us. I was so pissed. We didn't even take advantage of it. We had tickets, obviously. But this woman came up and she's like, we have to catch a flight. Do you want Do you want our tickets? And we were gabbing back and forth and missed it. And she turned and gave it to these other girls. And it was fucking four tickets, 105. I was in the 200s. And I was like, girl. But, you know, people did that. A bunch of people came up at different points in time because you don't know what people's schedules are. And they're like, hey, do you want to go in, see a match, you know? So that person got to see a full match close up after having paid maybe 15 Swiss francs. Um, So, you know, it's Boston. You never know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, at those prices, I'm just like, God damn. I don't have to get a better job. I need to win the lotto. Because, I mean, $800 a week. That's that's three days of, um, each day has how many matches? Four. Yeah. Four matches. That is rent and bills. (laughs) You're away. We'll talk about it later. Yes. You're away. Anyway, um, I um, I have some labor things I can give. Well, not things. I just have a single thing I can give away. What are we going to yeah. do to give away uh, my single thing that I have? I don't know. You know what? You get a labor cup hat if you can pay for real to go to Boston. How about that? <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Cut it out. Green has a magic way. Real wants a Boston listener. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get real the tickets, the hotel room, to my pit, you is on Team Europe. He can come over. Mm-hmm. Um, what if everyone getting married? Fuck, why you can't live in sin? What's going on, ATP? Cut this it out. What y'all gonna be righteous about? Who but anyway, <coughs> what's that, Andre? You said who's gotten married? Someone got married? Well, okay, got married. you married. are getting married. He's he oh, well, married. You know how marriage and Billy Lopez got married again. Like, you know how marriages work. Once your friends get married, you may as well all get married. Because then right. it's like, super awkward. You're like, and pretty oh. soon you'll all be getting divorced. <laughs> it is true. I don't hang out with my friends. I realized, I realized Feliciano Lopez got married on Labor Cup weekend, so no Spaniards there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, Rafa. <laughs> I think that was intentional. Um, yeah, we'll that's, to, that's another show, people. That's we'll have to we'll have to think of something that 
a, a, a fun giveaway. I think you should like have to submit a video to us or something. Oh my god! Uh, no, I've already made the rules. You get for real to get to box. I like it. It's not going to work. Forget I it. Real. I like mine. You never submit, know, Janina. How dare you? Okay, you're fine. Debbie Downer. Submit a reel, a video saying that you know you're going to host reels or. <laughs> Why you're the biggest fan and you deserve um no don't host me because Boston had a strangler. Okay. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We are gonna you you have to submit a video describing what pick describing your favorite person on the podcast and why they're your favorite. And you have to tag all three of us in the video. So you don't get to say Andreen rocks, Janina's a bitch, and Reels is a dick, and only tag Andreen. <laughs> so we will collectively get the most love on Twitter. You my wonderful, fabulous Labor Cup hat. And that thing was not cheap, bitches. Yeah. Did you get it to sign by anyone? I wish. You could go get it signed. I'm not one of those. I don't I'm just simply saying people, you know. <laughs> Listen, well, we have to put a time limit on this. My competition still stands. If you can pick well, my CPAs and boys, I'm going to Reels, when will you post this? Um, post this episode? I think it can be Thursday. Thursday so evening Reels is going to post the episode on Thursday morning. You have until uh, Friday, until Saturday. Damn, right? Andrina is harsh. Oh no, no, that that. Let me maybe Sunday on Sunday. You have until Sunday evening at eight p.m. Oh, she says eight. I was at least gonna say midnight. You gotta <laughs> think time zones. And listen, we do not ship internationally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm not. I listen. But really do I accept money from international dollars. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is U.S. only. I'm so sorry about that. But That's I can't right. in it. Europe. Guess what? You can send Reels money to get to Boston, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All legal tender. I don't know what's wrong with these. So, just a recap. Yep. Make a video. It must be a video. Why don't you give them a week? Why? That takes Why? too long. Well, okay. I mean, what if it gets more creative over a week? Does I'm it get more creative? Me. Okay, that's that's okay, fair. You have one week. Right now, it is September 25th. Wait. Um, this podcast will be up tomorrow, probably. Yep. I'm sure. So you have until Thursday next week. What is the date of the that? Third, October, the third October third midnight. Submit Eastern your Standard video. Time. Eastern Standard Time midnight. Submit your videos. You're gonna just shower us with love and <laughs> whoever. And hate. You know, we always appreciate the hate. No, I don't <laughs> want to be. Hated. I don't. <laughs> We will block your ass. Remember, flattery will get you everywhere. And um, so with money, the video, so money. <laughs> the video that gets the most love on Twitter will win the Laver Cup hat, and you must tag all three of us. Now it's fine. I'm always I'm always locked. So Reels is going to be the one to control the love and and Janina. My shit is always locked. Sorry. But you better all... try to tag her. You can tag you. You can yeah. tag me. She just won't see it. <laughs> yeah, you can tag me. I see it because then Reels tag it. But I'm just saying, yeah. in terms of counting loves, it's probably going to be most likely Janina and Reels. I'll <laughs> cut it out. They got I... all the good. No, no, no. I meant in terms of you know counting it on Twitter. But that's it. We're gonna. I'm so excited for that. This hat came all the way from Switzerland for y'all. 
But it was um, made in China, but I'm sure it was. Uh, and um, and for something a little different, it is white. It is white and black. Oh, because most of the other the dark colors are red or blue, right? Yes, 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 yes. Oh. And if you get it, if I still have Swiss chocolates, I'll send some to you as well. Take a picture of the hat. What? Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Chocolates being sent to people that's not real? You know Stop. what? Original plan. You send the money to reason. You get that hat. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> you will get that hat. I All right, take good night, reels. Good night, good night. This is supposed to be nice and tight, but you know, whenever it's very tight. That, it's no. very tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy our Labor Cup special edition as always. Thank Andrine and for all the folks that she met and all the love that she received overseas. And she brought Team World a victory. Let's just call Team Europe a victory. I did. Oh I, um, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> submit your videos. Submit your yes, videos. Submit your videos. Oh my God, a real bonafide competition. I'm going to hear you really feel about the homosexual of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all better represent. But by the way, wait, 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 wait. Oh, it's who gets the most likes, right? It's not the video yeah, that gets the most likes. Gonna it's going to be the video that gets the most likes. Yes, oh, not who likes the reels the no, most. No, 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 no. It's the video no. that gets the most likes. It's so be creative. Just send yeah, them money. Have fun with send it. Send them money. Uh, <laughs> All righty then. Thank you so much. Have a good night, y'all. Night, night. Night, night.